Hey guys, welcome to Amber Archives. This is going to be episode 6. We missed a week last week because of a uh, sickness. And this week again, we have another sickness, but we didn't want to wait two full weeks without putting out an episode. So Christian, yeah. your usual main host, is uh, sitting this one out. He doesn't even have a voice right now. He can't really do the podcast. Yeah, that's really unfortunate. Uh, so here's Wenchi and uh, Kiho. Yep, so... To fill gap. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be bringing you guys a shorter than regular episode. Our topic's a little small this week, and we don't have Christian with us. So it's going to be a little bit shorter than we usually record. Yep. Uh, but yeah, don't, <laughs> don't fret, no. We're still going to like try to bring you much information that we can. And this topic today uh, is going to be uh, how to prepare the tournaments. There is like a big, huge announcement that has been made last week. Uh Finally, we are going to have those chain-bound events that will lead you to go to the champion store, uh, store championships and then regional and then uh, I think it's a grand, cha- grand championship, the prime and the world, right? Yeah, so, it was a structure that goes up in levels as you keep winning. And yep. the chain-bound events are going to give your deck a power level. Yep. So I've... There's rumors of certain tournaments requiring a deck to have a certain power level in order to play in it. So you're going to need to play those decks in smaller events to get the chains up to get the power level for some events. But we haven't heard any confirmation on what those events will be yet. Yeah. Uh, I think it's probably going to be some uh, guideline for the stores uh, to organize those weekly events. And uh, yeah, we are going to probably... uh, we're going to give you some advice, some tips uh, on what to bring, uh, what we think are the best strategy right now uh, to be successful at those store champ- uh, at those uh, weekly event, and then have make you have an edge to to the store championships. So yeah, uh, should we try to go first with the spotlight today? Yeah, we'll we'll do the spotlight first. So our uh, our card that we're spotlighting this week, the uh, the house for the week is untamed. That's what yep. won the uh, poll on Twitter. So our spotlight this week is going to be Witch of the Eye. Witch of the Eye. I love that card. So, so good. So Witch of the Eye, it's a creature. Uh, three power level. And when you rip, you return a card from your discard pile to your hand. So, so good. You want to talk about it? Yeah, so this card's just rife for combo. You get to just abuse it with certain cards. Like, I actually, one of my favorite cards to return with it is actually our stud for the week. But I'm, I'm not going to talk about that until we get to the stud. But yeah. looping things like Fertility Chant or getting back Regrowth to then buy back a creature with it. There's a lot of things you can do with it that can generate a lot of Amber. And I know you had a specific combo you wanted to talk about, Frenchie. Yeah. Uh, so when you think about re- which of the eye and the fact that you have to rip it uh, to use it and return a card from your discard pile, you think Untamed first, right? Um but there is cards outside of uh, the Untamed House that would actually let you use that card. Uh, one combo, I think it was a little bit uh, talk in the Facebook group of uh, Keyforge. Uh, it was the Dominator Bubble in this. It's an artifact that lets you use a friendly creature. And the other card that you could use is Control the Wake. And that's so, so good. So, uh, do you see what kind of combo I'm talking about, Kyo? 
Yeah, so if you have Control of the Week and Dominator Bulba with Witch, you can name this if you know your opponent doesn't have a certain house in hand and they don't have a very good board of that house. You can name this uh, Dominator Bauble the Witch so you can use it, reap it, get back the house, uh, the Control of the Week, and then play it naming the house they don't have and you can just repeatedly do that every turn. So even yep. if you don't have other discards, you're gaining an Amber off Reaping the Witch and your opponent can't do anything. So you just keep yes. gaining an Amber over and over again until you just win the game off of that. Yes, it's basically a lockout of the uh, opponent. Um, we saw some lockout with Restring Guntus. I'm not sure. I, I think there was like some um, FAQ that changed to about the Restring Guntus lockout. Uh, but I wonder if uh, it affects anything with Control the Wick, but I, I'd say it's still a viable combo. And if you had this, uh, well, uh, I would say try to play it because it's freaking amazing. Other thing that is really good with Witch of the Eyes, uh, like you say, Fertility Chain, chain right? Um, let's say you have Fertility Chain with the Witch of the Eyes and anything like uh, Key Charge and Shoto Asri, it would be so, so good too. Uh, it's like you rip with Reach of the Eyes, you gain an Ember, you play Fertility Chain, that's five Ember, and usually you will have like two, three Ember left on the last turn, and then you can play Key Charge right away. It's instant win. Yeah, you it's can so even Fertility Charge, instantly Witch of the Eye, get it back right away, play it again, have nine total Ember and Key Charge right away, or Shoto Hazri right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's So, literally, uh, Witch of the Eyes is like one of the most powerful cards to use. Uh, look at for look for all the other cards uh, in the others that let you use uh, friendly creature. Uh, I know there's one in um, in Sanctum, right? Uh, yeah, there's Commander Remiel, I think it's called. I think it's the one. Yes. Yeah, uh, and then there's there's Mega Mouth in Mars. They both do the same thing. They're both three power, and you reap them to use a creature of a different house. Yes. So yeah, look out for uh, for that. Uh, it's very powerful. I really love the car. So so good. All right. Uh, so let's jump into the topic of uh, the triumph, the time of triumph. Yeah. So they uh, they announced tournaments finally, big tournaments, ones that actually matter, not just your normal local three round. You get a couple decks surprises tournaments. These are the what we've been waiting for for competitive players, which I like to see myself as. They're store championships, regionals, and then yep. the world championships. I think there's a level in between that might be country based. I'm not sure. Yeah, I I don't uh, I don't know much about it uh, since. So I'm reading now uh, the article on fantasy flight games. If you want to look for it, it's called the Time of Triumph. Um, so the level I'm seeing right now. So the very base is the seasonal kits and chain bound events, like we said earlier. It's probably the weekly event, right? Yes. Then you've got the Star Championships. Uh, star Championships is probably, uh, it's usually... Um, I've heard one a season uh, is what it's going to be. Or yes, one a set. So it's yeah. not one per year. It's going to be one every time a new set comes out. Uh, I wonder. Uh, in When I was playing Destiny, uh, another game of uh, Fantasy Flight games uh, based on Star Wars, Star Championships was actually one big tournament per store uh, during a whole season. Like uh, for the last year of 2018, it spawned during the summer. 
and I actually went to the store championship from Dot Deck, uh, at, uh, several in Maryland and one several in North Jersey too. Um, so yeah, uh, it's 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 like a championship first uh, uh, store that will let you win a buy for the regional. That's what happened in uh, in Destiny Star Wars game, uh, and I think it's probably what's going to happen also for the uh, Keyforge, and that's pretty that's pretty cool. Uh, you got to drive a lot, uh, go left and right, see other stores, uh, new players too, and uh, having a buy. So, Kiko, do, uh, do you want to explain what the buy is? Uh, yeah, so buy is the first round, you don't play, you just are treated like you have a win. And I'm not quite sure how the Fantasy Flight tiebreakers work, but for Force of Will and Magic, a buy is like having an opponent that won every one of their matches, so it's the best possible tiebreakers. Yes. Uh, so having a was... buy is better than winning. Yes, correct. Uh, and that would actually let you be really ahead uh, right right from the bat like you don't have to play uh if you are traveling a lot too having a buy will let you have more time to get there and to rest uh before like being the other person and it's yeah it's basically a really huge advantage if you want to climb um the competition on the level and uh that's what the star championship was providing in destiny so i Expect that would be the same. I don't know if there's like anything quite the same uh, in Magic. Uh, maybe the PPTQ that gives something for the PTQ. Yeah, there's something like that. There's also in Magic. There's uh, you can acquire enough points to get buys. Like if you get like I know one of my friends was I think he was bronze level pro, and I think mm -hmm. he automatically got buys at Grand Prix. But yeah. um, basically, the buys are a huge advantage at these longer tournaments. If you haven't been to any of the bigger tournaments, they're often nine or ten rounds in a day, and it really drags yeah. on. So the more buys you can get, the less rounds you have to actually play and the less mentally draining it is. And yes. I'm not sure how big these Key Forge tournaments will wind up being, but if they mm -hmm. get anywhere near the size of like a Magic Grand Prix, it'll be more than one day. Yeah. So the less mental energy you spend on day one, the more you have left day two and the less exhausted you are by the end of it. Yes, I think the Prime Championship and the Grand Championship, which is the two level above the Star Championship, is going to be those kind of events that might spawn through one or two days, two, two days uh, on a weekend. Um, the Star Championship is usually only one day, but uh, for the people that will want to go into the competition, competitional side of Keyforge, uh, you will see it's quite draining. It's a lot of driving. It's probably going to be uh, seven, eight rounds uh, for maybe 30 players, I would say. And yeah, uh, it's also a lot of fun. Really like it. Uh, and yeah, uh, really hype for that. Really hype. Yeah, big tournaments are great if you have people to travel with to them. Like, I'm sure if there's a decent regional around here with good timing, me, Frenchie, and Christian will all probably go together, get a hotel together. And yeah. all play together in it because we all live near each other. We all know each other from the local store. Mm -hmm. That's where I met Christian and French. He actually was at local store <laughs> playing Magic. But yep, um, yep. they're just, they're fun. Even if you're losing, they're fun to go with your friends to a city you wouldn't normally go to. Play the game you like and 
just nerd out for a weekend. Basically, you get to go to restaurants yeah. you would normally go to. It's just a lot of fun. <laughs> yes, totally agree with that. It's I, it's really good. I know for a fact that we had a little bit too much fun when I went to Grand Prix Pittsburgh for uh, Force of Will. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think I'm supposed to go back to Carson Street. <laughs> Do you want to tell a little bit more about uh, that? It's uh, not really uh, appropriate for the podcast. I don't think. I just. I, I had a little bit too much fun that night. <laughs> All right. For myself, uh, I went for the most fun I had last year was actually going for the nationals uh, for Star Wars Destiny, and uh, it was like uh, the event at Nova Games. Uh, it was in near Washington, and yeah, I went, I went there with like a bunch of friends. Uh, the crew from Golden Dice, the crew from uh, ABG Gaming, which ended up being the national champions run and runner-up of uh, Star Wars uh, Destiny. It was blast. It was a blast, and I really look forward to like go back there and have fun, uh, and I want to have that same fun with Keyforge. That's definitely something I want to have. <laughs> yeah, these these kind of tournaments are way more fun than just playing the game. It's it's a whole experience. The problem yeah. is, though, there's things that come with the experience. There's some things you should know before you go to a tournament this size. Yes. It, it requires yes. a lot of preparation. Yes. So I, re what I remember my first tournament. I wasn't prepared at all. I spent like a day that was very exhausting while it was fun, but I was completely run out at the end of the day. So right now we are going to give you a little bit of advice. So if you want to start, kill. Yeah, so you're going to be at a convention center most likely. It's going to be a lot of people yeah. in one room. It can get confusing mm -hmm. trying to find your pairings. You just got to make sure you either have the site they're posting them on loaded up on your phone all the time in the background or yes. know where all the boards are going to be posting them are and wait there when it's about time. Yes. It's also going to be a long day. A lot of the times there isn't a break for lunch or anything. You're going to have to find time. So you want to yes. bring with you definitely a water bottle. There's usually water fountains to refill it from. You don't want to buy them there. They're going to be like five bucks a pop for a water bottle. Yeah, they're going to make so much money out of it. Yeah. So if you manage to like uh, bring your own bottle of waters, I know for one uh, trip I did with uh, Evan and Yufan, uh, when we did the providence of um, MTG events, uh, we literally bought a whole case of small bottle of water uh, that we left in the car and uh, every day we bring with us like two or three small bottles that we can actually drink and discard after the after we finish it it was a lifesaver it's like it's it's something that we don't think about much but uh, actually when you sit down and you get concentrate and then you really put yourself out there in the competition event it's like literally doing sport it's not it's not sitting down and just not do, doing nothing. It's actually doing sport. You are going to think a lot, consume a lot of calories with your brain, <laughs> not your body, but uh, it's going to be exhausting. And you need to keep your brain refreshed. And drinking water is something that is, go is, is going to help you a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're also going to want to bring uh, things like something like trail mix, power bars, something like that. Some kind yeah. of compact high energy snack in your bag because one it's you might not have time to actually get food depending on yeah. how slow you're playing and two mm -hmm. the convention the convention hall food usually sucks and it's yes. also extremely <laughs> overpriced you'll be paying like yes. 10 bucks for a hot dog that you wouldn't even want to eat normally yeah i mean if you're craving for love dogs 
go for it. <laughs> it's going to make you good in the mood and just keep on you on going. But usually, uh, yeah, trial mix. Uh, that's that. I just grab a little bit in my bag, in my hand, and then keep on eating it. Uh, it's usually fill me up good. Uh, so at lunch, and usually we don't have time at lunch, right? Uh, it's game over game. It's it's going to be like uh, game every one hour, fifteen minutes, one hour, thirty minutes, right? And it's it's really like you don't want to take the chance of like taking this fifteen minutes, go out, find a good place, do the queue, then buy your food and go back. You you do that, you're probably going to not even have the time to eat. <laughs> so yeah. Um, Get something like granola bar, trail mix, uh, get you fill up, get you going through the days. And uh, yeah, uh, it's going to hold you up, give you energy through doing through, uh, the whole days. And by the end of the day, go with your friends, go to, uh, go to a restaurant and rest yourself. That's one of the best things also when, when you go to this kind of events. At the end of the day, you sit down with your friend or even even opponents that you just made and have a good feeling with it. Like you you wanna make friends, you wanna like meet people. That's that's the best way of going. Uh, also with the game. Like you're going to meet so much people, you're going to have really fun time, I think. Yeah, there's Isn't one it? more thing along the lines of like the sustenance type stuff I wanted to say. If you are a smoker like me, you wanna make <laughs> sure that you either are able to play at a very fast pace, like I play extremely fast in most games I play it's actually mm. usually fairly hard for newer players to keep up with me I have to slow down for them but mm. you want to either play fast or bring decks that can win or lose quickly so that yes. you have time to get outside a lot of times it's a few minutes just walking just to get outside these buildings so you want to make sure that you can play at a speed where you're not going to be going to time in all these games yeah, e even that's... just if you're not a smoker you just don't want to be going to time yes uh, not going to time or Maybe your deck is is calling for a strategy like this, but usually, even even if you play a deck that is a time-consuming deck, it's also not good overall because like you're going to get burned at the end of the uh, the first day. Like yeah, playing a control deck in a nine-round tournament is super taxing if you yes. aren't extremely fast and competent at playing that deck. It's also um, it's. It's also frustrating at some point because like uh, you're going to invest a lot of energy in it, and sometimes you're going to lose games by a hair, and it's not fun. <laughs> so yeah, um, I would say one thing also to if you want to go to that to that uh, to those tournaments is to have a lot of repetition with your deck. Oh yeah, practice, it's practice, so, practice. Yes, it's so important. It's um, there's a there's not a lot of in Keyforge, that uh, like the other games where you have to study any trend or any type of deck that might show up, right? But uh, what you can do at the very beginning is just be consistent with one of your deck. It's so important. Uh, it's it makes you use the right, make you um, choose the uh, right action every time faster. Uh, with less me mental taxing also because like you have to think less of your actions because you know by experiences this is that the right thing to do right uh also cards that you might sh you know, always see like uh balance and stuff having a lot of repetition against this type of deck is going to help you i think 
um, yeah, they keep on playing a deck that you're comfortable with and bring it to the tournament. Don't switch the day before. Uh, yeah, switching the day before is terrible. It, it You don't have the experience with the deck. It's just going to be a lot harder to play. You want to have something that you have experience with, that you know yes. how it works. And you yes. also, when your opponent's taking their turn, you need to be thinking about what you're going to do on your next turn before they finish yes. theirs. I yes. usually know... I usually have two to three options in my head of what I'm going to do, depending on what they play mm. by the time they even start their turn. That's one of the reasons I can play fast, especially yes. in Keyforge, because you know what's in your hand before yes. your turn starts. It's not like magic where you're drawing a card to be in your turn. You yes. already know what you have access to before they even finish their turn. Yes. Uh, very true. Like um, having, having you, you go, your cards in hand, um, before you can have your turn, because you draw at the end, right? Uh, it's going to help you set up your turn right away. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, don't don't think too much during the, during your own turn. Uh, try to think during your opponent's turn. Act fast. Uh, um, and yeah, um, it's, I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's, uh, that's, that's pretty much it, yeah. Uh, you're going to also have those uh, chain bomb events a star championship to prepare for the bigger ones. So, yeah, bring. Yeah, you want to run the deck at the chainbound tournaments that you're going to be bringing to a major tournament. Mm. That's a good. That's a really good testing ground, and um, you will see what is working well. You will see what your what your friends at your local store is running and what is successful, and you can try to have a deck that is actually closer to that one, or even maybe some of your friends might have. A deck that can lend you, and then you can go together to that to the speed tournament and and try to to perform. And yeah, yeah. So you wanted to talk about the uh, possible tournament style that you think is the fairest that they should be running at these major events, right? Yeah, uh, I think the fairest uh, one is when uh, your opponent bring a deck, you bring your deck, and best of two, right? Uh, best of three, right? Yeah, best, sorry, <laughs> best of two, yes. Uh, you play your deck against your opponent, and then the second game, you switch the decks. You play your opponent decks, and you play, uh, and your opponent play your decks. And if someone is ending 2-0, then, yeah, uh, that's pretty much uh, someone that is pretty good, right? You win your with deck, you win your opponent deck, there's no, how to say that? Uh, there's, there's no, no question of who won that match then. Yes, I would say so, right? And if it goes to the third third match, that's when you're going to start beating on, on the decks. And uh, you and your opponent will choose the deck that think is the best one to play. And you can start to bet the chains and actually let your opponent and yourself level up the games. You know? Yeah. Because I, uh, if there's one deck that is way too good, you and your opponent is going to bet chains on it. And this deck is going to start with chains while the other one doesn't have chains. And I think that's the fairest one to, uh, to go with because yeah. it, it appears two stuff. First, your knowledge about Keyforge in general because you will see your opponent deck through the deck list and you know your deck list. And uh, you will actually judge which deck is the best and how to level up the game between your deck and your opponent deck. Your yeah. opponent's deck might be good against you. It might be less good against another one. And 
if you let that dialogue against you and your opponent going about these bets, I think that's the best way. It's, it's going to show which one between the two players understand the most about the game. Right. Yeah, it, it's the most even playing field. This is also yes. why I think sealed is one of the better ways to get better at this game because it's going to let you play with a wider variety of types of decks. So you have the deck that you want to play that you bring that you, you get a lot of reps with that deck so you know it works. But you mm. want to play sealed events or play with random decks like you and your friends swap decks and kind of things. So like if you get handed a heavy Brobnar creature deck from your opponent but you're used to playing library access, you know how to run that deck. So you're not at a disadvantage when your opponent hands you a deck that's different than the one you brought. Yes, totally agree with that. Um it's really important, I think, uh, to like know a lot of decks and have a lot of repetition with stuff that you haven't seen yet. Uh, but if you have a chance also, like the best the best way I would think is actually play a sealed event where you everyone open the decks and they start the, start the beatings. If you can push out this type of uh, beating sealed events in your uh, local game store, I would say do it. It's really fun. It's like last time I did it, it felt like it was a mini game uh, between each uh, of my opponent and myself when we start to bid because uh, uh, we assign the decks randomly and then um, we start uh, the bidding with someone random in the group. And it's like poker style uh, bidding, right? Uh, you bid certain amount, and if your next uh, open, if the next person is bidding higher. Then that deck will go to that person. If someone is, if everyone else is being less, then that deck goes to that person with that amount of bidding. And yeah, it's it's really good. It's uh, it's a whole new game. For yeah, me, it's it's a game within a game and trying bidding. to figure out how to bid. Yes, yes, and it's actually it's actually clever. I really like it. It's how Gifford should be. Uh, you cannot change a deck. But you can adjust your play against your opponent with your understanding of both decks, and that's good. It's not deck building, but it's the it's the part before the deck building, the the, the when you try to comprehend the strategy behind the decks, and I love it. That's what that's that's what makes me want to play more Keyforge, literally. Yeah, it, it, they did a good job at balancing with the chains and stuff. So, like, the, the main takeaways for tournament play is for these big tournaments, you want to know your deck. You mm -hmm. want to know, in general, how that field works, like how to run a bait-and-switch deck, how to run a library access deck. Yes. You want to know yes. how to run, like, the main categories. Yes. And you want to come prepared. To... Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, to know the, the field is, like, try to get, like, to try to see your opponent decks what he plays and try to categorize quickly uh, what type of deck it is. If it's a deck that try to race you with a lot of ember. Like if you don't if you're not seeing that your opponent is going to steal your ember, it's probably to race you, right? If is it the board control um uh, deck? Are you seeing your opponent play a lot of creatures? If he plays a lot of creatures then you might have to like um race your opponent with cards that generate a lot of embers right away. Action cards, right? Uh if it's the bait and switch um shadow deck be careful about not generating too much ember, just enough so that next turn you will have a key. Uh, this type of plays 
you can get prepared for that. It's not because uh, the the format of the game doesn't let you build a deck. is It's constraining, yes, but it's not because of that that you cannot prepare for a big event. Keep on playing, keep on having repetition. You will do good with that. Yeah, there, there's one more thing I want to mention, tournament prep for you at Studs and Duds. So if you're planning on going to one of these big events, uh, they're going to be listed online where they're going to be. Get with people at your local store who you play against, yes. even if you're not really friends with them. Try and find mm -hmm. out who's going. Share mm -hmm. rides, share hotel rooms. It, and it's going to make it cheaper and it's going to make it more fun if you're going with people. Even if you don't have a group of friends you're going to go with, find people your locals that you can go to the tournament with. Yeah. <laughs> totally agree with that. Yep. All right, so uh, studs and duds, and then uh, we're out of here for this week. So our stud of the week for Untamed is going to be the card Lost in the Woods. Lost in the Woods, so, so good. Yeah, it's an action from Untamed. Uh, it gives you an amber, and then you shuffle two of your creatures and yes. two of their creatures back into their owner's decks. So do you want to explain why this card's better than it looks French? Yes. Um so let's say you play against a deck that you know that there's a no rise in it. Um, let's say I love Restring Good Tools. It's just like it's just it's just so bothersome to play against a deck that which have, that has Restring Good Tools or even Succubus that lets you uh, your opponent draw one less. I don't want to put this card in the discard pile because if your opponent has a rise or which of the eyes, uh, they're going to turn back into their hand and play it again. I don't like it. Uh, what I like it is to actually get those two cards back in the opponent's deck. And so, so good. Because they cannot call it back. It's, it's, I would say it's even better to just kill the creature right away, right? What do you think? Well, my big thing for Lost in the Woods is that it looks like a symmetrical card, but there's ways to break the symmetry. So yes. you know you have the Lost in the Woods. You can play, at least most decks that have it in it, you can play to a way where either you're shuffling in creatures you want to reuse, like have good end of the battlefield abilities into a small yep. deck, or yes. you don't have any creatures out when you play it. And then you're losing nothing and they're losing two guys. Yeah, it's so raging. Like when 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 you go first, you play an artifact, your opponent goes second, they play like a lot of creatures. And then next turn, next turn, you play Lost in the Wood, you have nothing on your board, you bounce your, your opponent board. So, so good. Oh it's, my God, like, yes. It's a board clearer. It's like it, yeah. It's a board. It's uh, swipe the boards. Literally, Lost in the Woods is that amazing. I think, and uh, yeah, uh, when you talk about creatures that you want to go back, uh, put back in your index, I think about Dust Pixies. Dust Pixies. That oh yeah, shuffling them back in is great. So good, especially when you have it toward the end of uh, of your deck. Like if there's like two, three cards in your deck. And you just pay one dust pixie and you lost in the wood again. You are pretty sure you're pretty much sure that you are going to replay it. So so good, love it, love yeah, it. My favorite was I had triple ganger chieftain in the deck with lost in the woods, and shuffling yes. the ganger chieftains back in is just great. Just more yeah. killing. Yep, yes. It uh, also uh, lost in the woods also stops some of the shenanigans from the card that's our dud. So our our dud yes. this week is world tree. Yes. So world tree. Um, that's an artifact from uh, Untamed. Uh, it says, action, return the creature from your discard power to the top of the of your deck. And usually, in any kind of other game, card games I played, when you return a 
good card on top of your deck is so good. Like in Magic, like there's literally uh, a um, a deck strategy for that reanimator. Like you just want to bring your creature uh, back in on play in hand on top of your deck. When I had that one, and it's a rare too, I thought it was good. But then the more I think about it, the less I like it. The issue with that card is that you choose Untamed, you played it. Uh, whenever you can do that action, you have to put the creature on top of your deck. And then you have already to think that the next turn you will be able to play it. And that's not always the case, especially with with what you have in your hand. Like, let's say you have two cards left in your hand at the end of the turn, you draw that creature and you draw three other cards. And if this three other cards is not the same house of that creature, you're not going to play it. And that's sad. I don't like it. Yeah, no, this card would be busted magic. Just keep returning your best creatures to the top of your deck, especially in limited. But yes. in this game, it's just you have to name on team to play it, then you have to name on team to use it. And then the card you're putting on top has to be the house you're going to choose the next turn. Which, yes. I mean, sometimes can be the case if you're putting something like a Chuffy back on top of your deck. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're probably going to play it again the next turn. The creature's huge. Yes. To, to but a lot of the time, you're just not going to be able to. Yes. And it's not every any card. It's just a creature card. Uh, I'd, I would love to have it. But then that would be probably too busted. Like, you know, better switch. Like, any action card that you can put on top of your deck, I think that would be busted. It's funny because a creature seems to be, have lesser role in that deck, uh, in that in that game, like action cards is really important too. It's and like old fight. school magic. Like when magic yeah. first came out, spells were king. Creatures are king now because of power creep. But it yes. spells just creatures look good in this game, and they're great if you can get them to stick around. But a lot mm. of the creatures don't stick around very long. Creatures die yes. a lot in this game. Yes, agree with that. So yeah, um, that's pretty much it. Which of the eyes is way better? It actually take the card back in your hand, right? Yeah, in the hand is way better than on top of the deck this game. Yeah, yeah. Especially so, yeah. because Untamed doesn't have many ways to draw cards. So, like, if, if this was in, like, Logos or something, where you could activate mm -hmm. it and then activate your Library of Babel and put the card right in your hand, it'd be a lot mm -hmm. better. But there's not... I don't know if there's any ways to straight-up draw cards in Untamed, as far as I know. I don't think there I are any. I think so, yeah. Uh, there's, there's not any, yeah. So, yeah, pretty much it. Um, more three, all the... I don't think it's a really good card. <laughs> it's not the worst card, but it's definitely not as good as it looked at first glance, which yeah, is I, what it does was, to us. I only got uh, one deck with that card, and when I look at it, I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. And the more I played with it, I was like, uh, yeah, it's not, it's, not, it's not making the card funny. <laughs> All so, right, yeah. guys. So uh, that's going to be our episode this week. We told you we are going to keep it a little short with the uh, absence of Christian and... It's not the biggest topic in the world. It was a nice topic for a shorter episode. So hopefully this will help you guys prepare for the upcoming tournaments in the time of triumph. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Uh, hopefully Christian has his voice back. He uh, can't really speak at all right now. So, Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, we'll try to keep you have uh, better content. Uh, we are... Doing some articles, I think. Oh yeah, I got a uh, my article came out today actually on uh, Cosmic Crucible. The uh, Mars House set review came out for me and Blazing Archon today. Nice. So go check them out. Um, We're going to probably throw the link in um, on social media. I think. 
Yeah, I, I have a link up on mine on uh, at MH Voltage. Uh, I show up as Radiant Archon. Sounds good. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, and hopefully uh, next week the whole crew will be here. Yeah, hopefully Christian's back. I'm I'm sure he will be. It's just the bug that's going around. Anyone who lives yeah. in the Northeast right now knows how bad everyone's been getting sick. So yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, stay warm. Winter is coming. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just started watching that show like a week ago. Yeah, pretty much. I love it. All right, guys. Uh, this was Emerald Archive. Um, see you next time. Yep. See you guys.